Welcome to all of you, and welcome to all who are listening on Torah Anytime and other platforms. Chodesh Elul is upon us. Elul, the term, the period, exerts a certain powerful grip upon Jewish consciousness. And it seems to me all the more powerful, considering that we are coming right off of another intense period of Avodah. The Bein HaMetzarim, the Avelis of Tishabov. We have barely begun our Nechama to collect ourselves, to rehabilitate ourselves. And suddenly, the almost jolting, railing cry of Elul is upon us. Something is uncanny to this dovetailing between Av and El, the period of Avelis and the period of Tishba, the period of Avelis and the period of Chufa. And certainly when we appreciate the sanctity of the Jewish calendar, the whisper of the divine, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, through the Luach of the year, there must be something to this juxtaposition between Avelis and Chufa, the Bein HaMetzarim, and now the period of El. Well, let's consider the following. Both of these periods are dealing with hate, are a response to Jewish failing. It was our shortcomings which brought the unfortunate consequence of Chorban Beis Hamikdash, And it is likewise our shortcomings which compel us during this Chodesh to make amends to reconcile with others, to reconcile with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the underlying issue is the same, but the response and the experience is also different. Bein HaMetzarim and Chodesh Av is largely a painful, negative response. We wallow in a sense of self-loathing. Look what we did. Due to our Averos, we lost everything. The Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. We grovel in a sense of how could we. On the other hand, in the Elul through Yom Kippur, from a position of self-redemption and moving forward, we take charge and we do something about it. And it seems to me that this transition is actually precisely the point. You understand, even though the former, the experience of Avelis, mourning not only based on Ekdash, but experiencing grief for personal failing, even though that is deeply discomforting, who wants to do that? It is necessary. It is only when we have the self-awareness, the searing self-awareness, I messed up, I am in a difficult place, Avelis, look what happened, look what I destroyed, my life, the Beis HaMikdash. It is only from that deep, honest awareness, self-awareness, that I then can move on and truly correct and advance into tshuva, moving forward, Elul, through Yom Kippur. As we all know in our own lives, when people are struck with various maladies, be it mental health, be it relational strife, 
it is only when, in a sense, they hit rock bottom, when things are really bad, and they, they're they almost crawling for a cure, then they can be helped. Before that time, when a person kind of has this nebulous sense, it's bad, but you know, they're really not a receptacle. They don't have an ear to listen. We all, many of us, perhaps all of us, have experienced trying to help someone, give them a pep talk, help them. But they are not in a place to be helped because they don't really recognize how sorry their state is, the need for major and massive overhaul in their lives. They're not ready to do it. They might nod at us. They might thank us for the worst of wisdom, the therapy we impart, but they are not open to it. It is only when they really want it. They're almost crawling for redemption that then they are open and willing to make these meta changes. So after Avelis, after absorbing just how sorry our state is in the Benamat Sarm Thuab, only then in Chodesh Elul and history which follows, are we ready to turn over a new leaf and make meaningful changes in our This understanding, linking the Avelis of Bein HaMetzarim and the Yellow which follows, is more than a flight of sentiment. It is more than a feeling. When we trace these two periods of time, the Bein HaMetzarim through Av on one hand, and Elul through Tishrei on the other, when we trace them back to their rooted Torah, we will see just how integrally linked they are at the source. Let's delve into their source in Torah. Of course, the period of Elul through Yom Kippur is based on the post-Chet HaEgel, after the Jewish people messed up with the sin of the golden calf. Ultimately, Hashem took them back. Hashem repaired the rupture, stitched the broken Jewish heart. He told Moshe on Rosh Chodesh Elul, Ascend on high once again for a final 40 days. El through Yom Kippur, receive a second luchos, access a second matan Torah, a second portal towards the divine, even after sin. And I will restore this relationship with the Jewish people. Well, did you ever consider that the former event, being Hametzan, is also linked back to the post Akal? Because the first day of the Bein HaMetzar, the 17th of Thomas, Shiva Sarvatamas, we are taught in the Mishnah, is the day of Shviras HaLuchos, is the day that Moshe broke the Luchos. When he descended down the mountain the first time and saw the Jewish people dancing around the golden calf, and he threw down the Egel, and with that, severed not only the Luchos, but also the Matan Torah bonds between the Jewish people and Hashem. So when you think about it, the Bein HaMetzarim and all the Jewish suffering which follows it is actually linked back to the same event, the Chet So seen this way, the 17th of Thomas, the breaking of the Luchos and all of the Bein HaMetzarim litany which follows is encompassed within that post-Egel story. 
in the initial mourning, in the initial coming to grips with what happened. And then it flows seamlessly into the yellow which follows. When there's final reconciliation, not only reconciliation with the ego, but reconciliation regarding everything which the Bein HaMetzarim period rooted in Chet HaEgel represents. And I would argue not only the 17th of Thomas and the breaking of the Luchos and the 17th of Thomas, but all of the Bein HaMetzarim is really encompassed in the original vision of the Egel. And it's ultimate positive segue towards Alan Yom Kippur. And this becomes apparent from yet another splendid revelation. A nugget buried in Rashi and Parshas Ekev. Rashi and Parshas Ekev citing the Medrash tells us that before Rosh Chodesh Yom Kippur, the final 40 days of truth when Moshe ascended on Hami, previously, when the Jewish people were out, so to speak, ostracized from Hashem post Chet HaEgel, in the preceding 40, period, 40 days, the final days of Tammuz and Av. Those 40 days were, in Rashi's words, 40 days of wrath, 40 days of Kas. That here we have in the Egel story, 40 days of Kas immediately following Chet HaEgel, 40 days of divine wrath, when Hashem is, so to speak, distant from the Jewish people, and Moshe is praying to Hashem simply that we not be destroyed. And then finally, 40 days of El Yom Kippur when Hashem takes us back. Well, did you ever consider that these 40 days of wrath following Chet HaEgel precisely correspond to the Bein HaMetzarim and Chodesh Right As we said, it is in the 17th of Thomas that Moshe descends down the mountain, breaks the Luchos. So it is the final 10 days of Thomas followed by 30 days of Av when we have the 40 days of Kas. For 40 days, Hashem is angry with the Jewish people in an uncanny, almost enchanting foreshadowing of subsequent Jewish history, when precisely these 40 days, the final 10 days of Thomas and Chodeshav, become a period of cast, become a period of divine wrath for time immemorial, for eternity. What an enchanting foreshadowing of subsequent Jewish history buried in the formative tragedy of Jewish history. Chet HaEgel, the final days of Tammuz and the entirety of the months of Av were designated a time of wrath for time immemorial. So now we have no doubt that this entire period of time and everything it represents, Bein HaMetzarim and Chodashav, is part of the original Egel story. It is the original mourning, the original trauma of Chad HaEgel, from which Moshe then segues and Klal Yisrael then segues to a place of rehabilitation in the Chodesh Elul and Yom Kippur, which follows. Our entire shear is coming together now through studying these events at their source, at their root, Shivas of Atamas, through Chodeshah, on one hand, and El Yom Kippur, and the other. Indeed, as we said, it is one living, organic process. Both in that initial story of the Egel, and likewise in, in subsequent Jewish history. 
we internalize the trauma of our failings, whether or whether personal failings, whyever it was that the face image was not rebuilt, whatever sense of self-loathing we had in the final days of Thomas and Kodashah. And it is from that deep, painful place that we then find self-rehabilitation and we're able to move on and say, now I'm going to do something about it because I truly recognize how terrible things are, how sorry things are. And as I said before, there's a certain reticence to engage in the first stage, to engage in the self-reflection, to engage in the mourning. People immediately want to rush to a solution when they realize there's a problem in their life. But oftentimes, when it hasn't, when the, the error of their ways and their sorry state hasn't had that searing impact, they're not going to really move forward in a meaningful way. It's going to be wishful thinking and, and lip service towards self-improvement and the like, there's a healthiness towards this process. Only then followed by El through Yom Kippur in this organic development from self-loathing then self-rehabilitation. From a feeling of helplessness, what could we do about it? than to do something about it. I'm moving to a better place. Which brings me to the final revelation. I want to suggest that all of that pain and wallowing, mourning, wallowing in self-loathing, which we seek to run away from, actually becomes converted, actually becomes transformed positivity in this process. When we take the mourning, the trauma of the past, and then we do something about it in the yellow which follows. And the powerful revelation to this truth is again in this period of time, in the two peas in the pod and the matching relationship and the dovetail between the Bainam at Sermon and the Ella from on the other. Because let's consider something. Let's kind of lay out from a calendar perspective. Each, the milestone events or dates in, in, each, in each respective month. In Chodeshav, I would argue, the important dates are Rosh Chodeshav, the first day of the month when the Avelis begins in its full intensity. And then you have Tishabov, which is somewhat expanded between the 9th and the 10th of Av because the Beis HaMikdash was ignited on the 9th of Av. It burns into the 10th. It primarily burns into the 10th of Av, we're taught. And therefore, while the primary Avelis is on the 9th, we're really told the 9th and 10th are one joint period of Avelis Rechord and Beis HaMikdash, which is why we continue to observe the practices of the nine days into the morning of the tenth. So here we have the first day of the month, followed by the ninth and tenth day of the month, and then you have the fifteenth of Av, Tubav, which is a day of celebration generally associated with Shittachim, but we have, or we have learned in, pre, in our previous study, in our previous shiurim, that in a sense, the 15th of Av represents Nechama. Right? And we, we develop this through several clues and hints, such as the fact that the 15th of Av, the Gemara tells us, celebrates the 
end of death of Dar HaMidbar, when the generation of the Midbar was fated to die due to Chetamaragam, the son of the spies. Well, in the 40th year, they stopped dying. It became clear to them there would be no more death on the 15th of Av. And that was very, that was a very, that's a very powerful Tuba Av component. Because when you think about it, the death of the Dar HaMidbar due to Chetamaragam is a direct consequence of Teshavah. The first Puranis, the first tragedy of Teshavah was the Chetamaragam was the son of the spies. And here it is on the 15th of Av, in the very same month, just 40 years later, that they celebrate the cessation of the death of that generation. Right? So that was one clue we had. That Tuba Av, immediately following Tishbab, represents Benachama. Another clue which we had was we are told that it was on Tuba Av when following the, the massacre of Betar, the many Jewish martyrs who were killed by the Romans in Betar. It was on Tuba Av when finally they buried the dead in the city of Betar. Now, the massacre of Betar, we are taught in Mishnah and Tainus, occurred on Tishabov. And here we have the resolution of that tragedy, the burial of the martyrs of that Tishabov tragedy on Tuba'av itself. Again, an uncanny clue we've argued in the past that Tishabov, that Tuba'av represents, the 15th of Av represents a resolution on the Chama from Tishabov. So for our purposes here, our layout of Chodesh Avis, we have day one in the month, followed by day nine and ten in the month as the days of tragedy, and then the resolution and the validation, and moving on, on the 15th. One, comma, nine to ten, comma, 15. Well, in Chodesh Tishrei, the cl- climaxing this season, it is those very same dates which are the pivotal dates. The first of Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah. Yom Kippur then is, we would argue, the tenth of Tishrei. But from the Torah's perspective, it is actually called the ninth of Tishrei. The Torah says, Batish Bachodesh Ba'erev, fast on the ninth of Av. From where the Gemara derives that Erev Yom Kippur, the, the, the ninth of Tishrei, the ninth of Tishrei, Erev Yom Kippur, already has a Yom Kippur-esque property. So here we have the same nebulous, is it the ninth, is it the tenth? The same negative, the same nebulous dating regarding Yom Kippur as we did regarding Teshavah. Right? It's sister fast, so to speak, right? All, all encompassing intense fast. So again, once again, we have day one as the, the beginning of the full cycle of Truva, and then the nebulous ninth or tenth, and then the 15th of Tishrei is Sukkot, which is, of course, the validation. We did well. We achieved tshuva. As the, as the Medrash tells us, when we pick up the lulav, the lulav serves as a flag of sorts. Dida Natsach, we won. We did a good, we, we, we were successful in the tshuva process. We were victorious in the, in the judgment. So it's uncanny. The very same date says, ah, 1, 9 10, and then 15. Previously, as mourning and wallowing and self-loathing, now morphed into tshuva. Well, that swing is exactly the point, is exactly the message. We are converting all trauma of the past now to tshuva, to moving on and doing something about it. But it has to work in that order. May we all be zocha to find the self-rehabilitation through this organic process facing down the full pain, even self-loathing, 
I did it. I am in a sorry position. I'm clamoring for a better life, almost calling for a cure. And then doing something about it. Then I can do something about it and move on to make positive differences in my life. May we all be Zohar to a year of truva, of self-rehabilitation, of being in a better place in an authentic, wholesome way. Thank you very much. If you enjoyed this cheer, please press the follow button so you can continue to follow us in this exciting, creative approach. And please participate in the mitzvah of Harbatah's Torah by sharing this video share with at least two friends. Thank you very much.